Hello and welcome. This is Friend Request and I am your host, Justin Lamb. Thank you so much for joining me for episode 24. Uh, It's been a fun week, you guys. I took a week off from social media. I got my screen report today. It was down 28% usage, which means I still stared blankly at my phone for a lot of time because I usually on Facebook and Instagram way more than that. Crazy stuff. So I didn't die or disappear. I just took my annual digital cleanse. I think I'm going to log on sometime today. We'll see. We'll see. By the time you're listening to this, I'll definitely be logged on. But I'm so excited for this episode because it gives you such an interesting perspective that I don't think we typically get to have. I interviewed one of my friend's dads. And, you know, I've known him since I've known my friend. uh, And all of our, you know, our friend's parents are these people that are kind of constants in our life as long as our friends are. Um, Of course, we're getting around the age where that can change. Uh, You can lose a parent or friend's parent or whatever that looks like and really to gain some insight and history on uh, you know how times have changed and it's really I think it's really important to get to know people obviously because of this podcast and it was really nice sitting down with uh, my friend Adam's dad Don so I'll talk to you guys after the episode but for now I want you to listen to my interview with Don This is a first. I'm very excited. And my, my wife just pointed this out. Erica just pointed this out to me. Because I just said, I'm interviewing a parent for the first time. She's like, you've interviewed almost nothing but parents. You're just interviewing a parent of your oh, friend. Parent. I was like, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's technicalities. That's what that is. <laughs> but so, yeah, you are uh, you are my friend Adam's father. And Correct. That's, that's how I know you. <laughs> Adam's father. Got it. <laughs> I met you when I was 14. Oh Lord! Going over, to my, going over to my friend's house, and you would come downstairs and you'd say, "Hello, boys." Yes, I would. I remember that. <laughs> and uh, I, you know, me and Adam have been friends uh, for the most part for the last twenty years. Oh so yeah. I've seen you and your wife over and over again, and developed our own relationship. Yes, we have. We had some. We got some beers together uh, last year. Yes, in, we did in Iowa, <laughs> our, where I our, live now. Yeah. Yeah. Which is crazy. We'll get to that. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I want to start with stuff I definitely don't know about you. All right. I know you have siblings. Correct. How many siblings? Two older brothers and a younger sister. Oh, so you're one of the middle children. Yes, I am. We were just reading about that last night. <laughs> Do you think you fall into any stereotypes of uh, the middle child? Are you a per- are you a people pleaser? <laughs> you- um, pa- yeah. I'm a, I would call myself a people person and probably... To a certain extent, yes. I'm a, you're I'm a, a Libra, oh, okay. so I balance uh, I was going to say, are you a peacemaker? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah, we were looking at all these traits last night because Erica's a middle child, and I'm uh, I'm the youngest. So oh, I, you were the... I get away with everything. Exactly. <laughs> I'm the entertainer of the group. Um, so you have two older brothers, you said, and one younger sister? Yes. How far apart are my oldest brother is seven years older than me. Okay. His name's Dave. My brother Dennis is five years older, and my sister Nancy's three years younger. Okay, so you had five. Is five is a pretty big gap? Is it, yes. I now you know what. A... Oh, I should probably say too. I don't know if you've ever heard it's from uh, Charles Dickens, but I'm going to uh, tell you stories. <laughs> 
and they're they're not necessarily how they happen, but they they're how I remember them. <laughs> Fair enough. I always I love I love that quote because it's true. That's how every story I think exactly. Is told, yeah, it's a good quote. So you're born. You have a brother that's going into kindergarten soon. You got another brother that's going into second grade. Uh, what's your mom and dad doing at the time? My dad. I'm pretty sure was working at International Harvester. I think he worked there my entire... Uh, what is that? It is a manufacturing... Actually, they made... Um, not exactly, uh, He worked... Uh, he operated a screw machine. They made screws, and they were for... International Harvester was big into making uh, tractor, farm tractors, and actually they made... Uh, and still... I still think they make uh, trucks okay. and a number of other things. But it so was they're a, still around? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've never yeah, heard of that. That's no. funny. Well, so you never the, hear about the people that make the tiny little pieces. Well, and that was just one part of it. This, I yeah. mean, they made big tractors for farm tractors, and okay. uh, it's kind of interesting now that the place I'm, uh, the plant I'm at now, makes uh, parts for John Deere. So yeah. I too am involved in that. Full but he circle. worked there. My mom was a stay-at-home mom. Okay. And where where were you guys living? Uh, south side of Chicago. Ooh. In fact, Listen to it, how you said it, too. Chicago. Chicago, yeah. <laughs> um, it was actually, our house was like six doors from the city limit. It was uh, okay. a suburb uh, called Calumet Park, but it was essentially I Chicago. I know where that is. You do. Just because I go to Midway for work, and uh, and I go to O'Hare for work, and I know, like, in Midway, I think it would be closer to where you're Correct. talking about, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. I know. That. I mean, I don't. I don't go to that area, but I know. You, I know where that area is. You shouldn't anymore. So that's that's. You said South Side of Chicago. Uh, how long were you there? Oh, why? Like, did you grow up your entire childhood yeah. there? Okay. Yeah, I did, and I went to school in Roseland, which was uh, oh about three miles away. Uh, all boys Catholic school. Okay. Uh, Mendel College like? Preparatory <laughs> High School. It was good. Yeah. It, I actually went to Catholic school. In grade school, right there in Calumet Park, yeah. Seven Holy Founders. And it was really good growing up there. I liked it, and it's kind of interesting. I think it was three years ago, we had our 50th grade school reunion. Wow. And, you guys uh, had a reunion for grade school? <laughs> yes, but you got to remember, you know, then we went, uh, all these people I went eight years of school with yeah. and hadn't seen them. I think we had a 20th reunion, so I saw some of them. What counts as grade school? There it was first through eight. Okay. So this is, okay. And they didn't have kindergarten back then, at least in the Catholic schools. They didn't. But it was terrific. Uh, Got a chance to meet all these people. Uh, I didn't remember a whole lot of anything, but these, the other people did. And became Facebook friends with a lot of them. And it's really, that's one of the things I like about Facebook is you could reconnect with these people uh that you wouldn't otherwise be able to connect with and it's it's neat but we all grew up pretty much the same it was blue collar it was uh, polish italian irish for the most part and everybody's yeah everyone's parents houses were small parents were all working uh, in in more blue collar than white collar yeah and we all grew up with very similar backgrounds i, I look at some of the houses now and i live <laughs> in a very small house now and our house in cal park was probably not a whole lot bigger than that and we raised four kids so what what decade is this that you're growing up well, in I, south I side chicago was born in 52 so 50s and 60s okay 
when does that area turn to like the stereotype of bad part of chicago <laughs> oh that would have been is that like the 80s for there yes okay yes and where the high school i went to it it uh, and i graduated in 70 i mean you know and actually probably now you think even for kell park it was probably started in the 70s too a little later 70s mm -hmm. but yeah it all happened then it was a very interesting time so when you're in school um and this is obviously projecting from my own experience of an older brother uh-huh because <laughs> you have uh, your youngest older brother is five years older right. so what's your relationship like with your brothers growing up oh way? yeah my my uh five-year-older brother dennis dennis yes he pretty much uh, tortured uh, my sister and i okay and uh I, we were like his pet <laughs> or pets so uh but my my oldest brother dave seven years older yeah, he was just old enough that didn't see him a whole lot. Okay. Because uh, he was already out and about. Well, yeah, once, I mean, once you reach, what, fifth, sixth grade, he graduates high school, right? Uh, pretty so, much. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So um, so I knew my youngest older brother yeah. better than my older brother. And, yeah, growing up, he was pretty much just like a, a torture-type person. He picked on you and your sister? Oh, yeah, yeah. To, Did to that push himself. you and your sister closer together? I mean, you guys are already closer in age, but I'm oh yeah, we were we were very close. And I yeah. had a cousin that was one year or is one year younger than me, and he lived in the area, so we oh, okay. we were like brothers. Yeah and, yeah. Uh, and honestly, even my younger older brother was out and about. So just when he was home, he uh, yeah. <laughs> but he would also uh, I can remember him baking cookies and stuff. We did a lot of stuff. Then you graduate high school. Yes. Did you go to college? Yeah, I went to the University of Illinois okay. at Chicago, and it's a commuter college. Well, I, sh it, I think it has dorms now. Um, it's just west of downtown Chicago. Okay. And got my degree in psychology in four years. Oh, wow. And paid for it myself. Did your brothers go to school? My what? brother Dennis, when he got back from Vietnam, oh, he went to Vietnam. He went to Vietnam. My other, well, actually, my other brother went to. He was wait, older brother went to uh, into the Air Force, and I think he was in Cambodia. And then they uh, had some missions in Vietnam, even though they weren't supposed to. Once again, <laughs> this is a Dickens thing. This yeah, is my yeah. memory. But my brother was in Vietnam for uh, like a year and a month. Was this when you were still in high school? Yes. Was that pretty common with your you and your like other people you're in school with? I imagine at that age, did they all have older brothers? Not all of them, but I, I imagine some of them did. But yeah. you know, honestly, I can't remember that you know being a topic. Yeah. Um, it's just got to be crazy. Like your brother is away at war. Yeah, <laughs> it's got to be a pretty wild uh, uh, thing it, to kind of just sit with, with uh, accompanying all your normal high school thoughts, feelings, hormones, <laughs> everything that's happening. And, uh, yeah, I can recall writing letters to him and okay. m my, uh, younger, older brother, Dennis, you already know his name. That'll be easier for me to say. <laughs> uh, he actually, his first year of high school, he went to a seminary. He was going to be a priest. Oh. And then he dropped out of that and then went to, uh, Mendel. All three of us went to the same high school. Yeah. When do you meet Linda? How old are you when you meet your wife? I am freshman in college oh it's right out of high school year right and i mm -hmm. i did not date a whole lot uh in i can't i think any date i had was probably a uh what do they call it a setup date a blind date a blind date <laughs> and uh so i never really dated in high school okay. but that's probably 
a success for the whole Catholic school system. That's what they, I think that they were intending to do. Yeah. yeah Is she right. going to the college too? No, no, no. She, we met uh, when we were working at Wilton Enterprise. It's on the south side of Chicago, 115th and Halstead. Wow. They, uh, they distributed cake decorating products. That was actually like the cake decorating distributor, uh, biggest one in the country. Huh. So we, we met there. I asked her out. It would have been freshman, freshman year. I think right before, no, I think it was right after Christmas. Okay. So we're coming up on our longtime anniversary of our first date. That's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> and how long were you guys dating before you got married? On and off for five years. Okay. Um, now, you mentioned you got a degree in psychology. Yes. What was your interest in that? Why, why were you pursuing that? I thought it would be easy. <laughs> <laughs> it was the first uh, first course I took was a psychology course. Yeah. And it was in an auditorium where I know you get 200 or more students in it. Yeah. And the teacher... I guess no surprise, this probably happens a lot, wrote the book, the textbook. So I said, oh, that's pretty cool. And there seemed to be a lot of girls in that class. Uh, the ratio was higher. Uh, so I, uh, yeah, that was my major. About two years into that, I decided that this was probably not the best choice. So I started taking a lot of business courses. Okay. Um, and during that time, when I was uh, in college, I was working at Wilton, probably 30 hours a week uh-huh. and my brother dennis was a chicago policeman in fact a number of okay of, he came back from vietnam and became a cop no he worked at international harvester for a couple years mm-hmm. and then he became a cop okay a lot of his friends were becoming policemen yeah so he did and i'm looking at him i said all right well that looks cool this psychology stuff i'm not really think i'm into this like i thought and uh so I got on as a Chicago police cadet, which I did for uh, probably a year and a half. And I would uh, work the police headquarters downtown on the hot desk. And what, what does that, that mean? Oh, <laughs> I think that was a it was a big round. Uh, I don't. We didn't even have. I don't think we had computer. No, we didn't have computers then. Mm-hmm. We would look up stuff. No, it was the microfilm things yeah, is what yeah. we had. Uh, and then you'd get calls from the cops uh, on patrol, and they're uh, wanting a license plate check. And we would literally do this on microfilm. Yeah. And I uh, did that for about a year and a half. I probably would have been a policeman, but the government cut out the funds for that program. And uh, so they just... Stop, stopped it so so are you still because you said you did you your degree is in psychology correct but so then, you still i yeah at that point finished i finished it out yeah okay. I, I i was not it seems very popular now to spend five to eight years to get a, a degree so i yeah. was on track where i graduated in four years okay uh but i started taking some economic course uh, okay uh, yeah and, and some other business related management stuff okay and did you go to school after you got your psychology degree? Did you get a master's? I did, but that's when we lived in Cincinnati okay. when we got Adam. Um, yeah, and I asked her, this This was not very romantic, the way I asked her. One, I never asked her dad for permission before, and her okay. dad was a minister. Uh, oh, so you really should have. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I was a bit, and he reminded me of that. 
but we were playing tennis was really big back then that was uh jimmy connors chris ever that this was actually the, probably the only time i paid attention to tennis okay it, we were uh playing tennis at a public core somewhere or court i guess where she lived at the time and i had the wedding ring in the glove box and as we're driving back to her house he says hey i need you to get me something out of the glove box and she picks it up and opens it that was the way i asked her no romantic nothing (laughs) so it's kind of amazing we're still married after all that time but yeah that was very unromantic surprise at least Oh, yeah. yeah. Real surprise to the parents, too, I might add. Yeah. So you graduate college and... Oh, I stay, uh, I was continued working at uh, Wilton. Okay. It's uh, very, very interesting because I had a very great relationship with, like, everyone at that company. The president, vice president. I was uh, delivering wedding cakes among doing other things so on the weekends. That's why I was getting 30... Uh, hours actually when i i was still delivering wedding cakes when i was working for the police so i was probably (laughs) working 40 hours a week then um and no i had a really good relationship with these people and when i uh, graduated they uh i think oh for a very brief time linda worked there too yeah i was her supervisor and that yeah that did not work (laughs) out well and they had just uh I think they had just started a warehouse. I don't remember where it was, but they transferred her there, so we weren't in the same I was building. Say, is that when you guys had to take a break? <laughs> oh no, we were married at that time already. Oh. Um, so you were there for a little while, for quite a while. Yeah, I started as a senior in high school, yeah. working there. They were at the time Wilton was uh, was pretty much a mail order house, yeah. and they were starting to get into the major department stores, which are no, are falling. A, to the wayside every day. <laughs> yeah. uh, so you have J.C. Penny Sears, Montgomery Ward, and all those. So they were putting in uh, their product in those stores. And one of the big things there was uh, giving cake decorating classes. So okay. you'd have to get people that uh, can teach the classes yeah. and things. So they were opening up. Uh, they needed salespeople all throughout the country. And um, they wanted me to do that. Mm-hmm. And Linda and I first place we went was seattle spent the weekend there kind of looking around seeing what it's all about we got back and then so the vice president he says he says you know what that's too far away for you because this is where they have a like a uh, a, like a family type relationship he says uh, how about you look at somewhere closer how about like a cincinnati because he was concerned that linda wasn't going to be able to adjust well moving away so far from her parents yeah and so that's how we ended up in Cincinnati. Okay. And I started in sales there. So how old are you when you go to Cincinnati? So we were, so we would have been been 25 okay. when I moved to Cincinnati. You go to Cincinnati. So you're still with that company. You're going to go there and do traveling sales, essentially. Exactly. Okay. I had three or four states, and I'd go to these department stores, and I'd have to work with all the teachers and things. And this begins a long run for you of traveling for work, right? Correct. Like essentially the remainder of your work. That's absolutely true. Okay. I've been traveling my whole career. Okay. Um, And when do you guys decide, because this is obviously a subject that uh, doesn't get talked about a lot, but when do you guys decide to adopt what leads you to that? 
Uh, well, what okay. led us to that is we weren't able to have our own kids. Okay, yeah. And I think we... So, well, so do you immediately, when you go to Cincinnati, you're married, uh, I imagine? No, yeah, we didn't. We didn't think or talk about that for a while. We okay. wanted to try to get into a house. We were in an apartment for a while, and then we bought a house. And then we started trying and weren't able to. And um, then we were exploring adoption. Yeah. And one of the things that we learned there is you tell everybody, I don't know if this is unusual or not but we wanted everybody to know that we were interested in adopting this um and we were going to hartzell community church at the time in i think it was blue ash in the cincinnati area so we let our minister's wife know which was great because that was something that would be spread everywhere and uh one of the uh, the people there at the church worked for a gynecologist or obstetrician i can't why Anyway, one of, his, yeah, <laughs> one of his uh, patients uh, was having a baby, and she wanted to give it up. Okay. And it was because of that uh, person that was working there that said, I have a couple that yeah. w- wants to adopt. So that's how we got Adam. It was one of those God things as far as Lynn and I were concerned. Well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump back a minute. Uh-huh. Um, first, what's it like being a young couple Cincinnati, you're away from your families. Are you in a downtown area? No, downtown? suburb. Okay. About 15 miles. What's life like then before you guys start trying to have a kid? That first apartment was Fox Run apartment. That was really pretty good because there were a lot of just young couples there. Okay. And they had a swimming pool. And we actually met, oh, probably a core group of about three, four couples that we did all kinds of stuff with. And our building had a lot of fun people, so that was good. What kind of stuff? What kind of? What kind of? What did you guys get up to before the days of internet and crazy TV? You know, I think one of the uh, things that I found most amusing is uh, one of the bachelor. Several of the people were married couples, and then a couple bachelors on the bottom floor. I think Teddy was his name, and then I can't remember the other guy. Good old Teddy. Good old Teddy, and. he goes out for a day, and of course, I don't know how we have keys or got into his apartment, yeah. but we rearranged all the furniture while he was out on a date. <laughs> so the the bedroom stuff was in the uh, living room area, yeah. and living room stuff was in his bedroom. Nice. So uh, we kind of, no, I don't know if we even quelched his plans for after-date uh, activities. He comes back home, the bedroom's right there. <laughs> exactly. He just walks right into it. So uh, I would say that would be one thing I... I thought was kind of amusing that's funny um and then feel free to not discuss it but when you guys start trying to have a kid mm-hmm. what's that like when you find out that's not good i mean how long do you try before you are find out that that's not going to be something that you're going to be able to do and was, you know i i don't know it was uh, probably a good while yeah. and then uh we both went to the doctors and i was the one that had the, had the issue mm-hmm. And so started, gosh, I'm trying to think. I don't know if we took pills or what or tried to get the old count up. Um, But that never, you know, nothing was happening there. So that's when we says, okay, let's pursue uh, adoption. Nice. So you put the word out there. Yep. And because of that, you end up getting a beautiful baby boy. Yeah. Yeah. Something's happening. <laughs> exactly. So, and you guys, I, I say this so candidly because you guys have always been very candid about um, the fact that you adopted Adam. Right. There's plaques on your wall. When oh, you're exactly. Right, so, right. Uh, 
when raising him, I mean, first of all, what's it like to become a parent? I mean, essentially immediately, right? You get him and then you're a parent. Um, you know, there's not, no, yeah. I mean, in the way there's not like a lead up of like, she gets pregnant. You're, there's this nine months of stewing, like, no, but so, you know, but knowing the person, yeah, we, we didn't find out a whole lot about her. Um, but we knew the due date. Okay. Or, or, or I guess, yeah. They, yeah. How far along was she when you guys found out that you were going to be relatively, oh, this is where, <laughs> uh, I'm going to say maybe six months okay. we knew about it. It might've been a little less than that. So you had a few months to kind of prep. Oh, yeah, exactly. Now it's not the same. I'm sure. Cause yeah, you're, yeah. you know, it's a lot different. You see every day what's going on, yeah. but, uh, Hey, I do recall the day Adam was born. We were out on a boat with some friends and to show you my high level of maturity, I decided <laughs> to see how many cheese balls I can stuff in my mouth at one time. Of course. And I think it was 32. <laughs> and, Congrats. And I would, I would advise not to do that because your mouth gets extremely dry. <laughs> and I do recall Linda and I, and this is going to come as no shock to you, but we were bickering probably as Adam was entering the world okay. about, and it might have been that cheese ball episode. Um <laughs> And then, yeah, that night we uh, we got home, got the call, and we picked, he was born July 2nd, and we picked him up on the 7th. Were you guys involved any time before that, like with doctor's visits or however that works? Like, I Oh, I no, 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 <laughs> yeah, not bad. I'm, and, well, yeah, it was definitely a closed adoption. And what does that mean? That that means uh, the records are, you oh, know, okay. like sealed and stuff. Gotcha. Um, Although I guess with how things have changed over the decades, if Adam really was interested, he can probably find out yeah. who his mom yeah, is. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's something that I don't. I've only talked to a few adopted people on here, and everybody always knows they're adopted. But yeah, that process and it is always seems like it's always dependent on kind of the time period it happens and oh, where sure. it happens, right? Because uh, all that's different. Yeah. Yeah. So it actually went. Smoothly, although it's crazy, the day we picked him up, he's immediately our kid, and it's a, yeah. a, an immediate bond. Uh, and I think it was like a six-month period where the uh, the birth mom could have tried to get him back. Okay, what is that I, like in the back of your that's head? That's ridiculous, because there's no way anybody's going to take the baby away. Yeah. Um, and I have even seen some movies and stuff like that. And it's just, I don't know how you would do that. Because the, uh, the bond is just instantaneous. Uh, and it didn't happen, thank God. Yeah. Uh, but Did yeah. you have any pre-father jitters? about Like, uh, especially going through that process of adoption? Like, are you going to have that instant bond? Or am I going to be a good dad? Or No, I don't, I don't recall that. And... Um, I had a great role model. My dad was spectacular. He's, you know, my hero, and and I hope I can live up to to the father that he was. Yeah. So to your me. your relationship with your parents then was spectacular, growing up. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, I think it was it was very dysfunctional, as you can probably guess with the relationship Linda and I have. Uh, <laughs> we probably mimic that a lot. My dad worked second shift yeah. at International Harvester, so I didn't see him a lot. Um, cause he was working three to three to 11 or something okay, like yeah, that. Yeah. Um, right about the time you got home, he went to work. Yeah. yeah. Actually, oftentimes he was already gone. So I didn't see him during the week. So I'm on the weekends. Uh, but yeah, I felt a very close bond with my dad and my mom too. 
So you guys have Adam. Yep. What's life like? How's that change in Cincinnati? Is Linda working when you guys move there? Does she stay with the company with you? Yes. And she worked when we moved to Cincinnati. She had a job. I can't remember where it was. I think it's Servimation. I think they were vending machines. So she wasn't with the same company anymore? No, 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 no. Uh, Yeah, I stayed with Wilton, but there was no job for her in Cincinnati. So she uh, worked there for a while. Then she worked at a restaurant is like the hostess. I can't remember the name of it. And that's when the whole adoption thing started. So she was working the whole time. Now, when we had Adam, um, she stayed at home, but she started baby uh, baby housing, babysitting (laughs) in the house. Baby housing. Baby housing. The the, the term sounds right. (laughs) You're housing babies in your Well, that's kind of true. Absolutely. So that's what she did. I'm going to start calling her that baby housing. Baby housing. I need someone to come over. I need a baby houser. I should trademark that. <laughs> you should. Uh, so what's life like as a parent? And are you still traveling as much right at the beginning? Oh, yeah. The traveling, yeah. that um, that didn't stop. How much are you out of the house at that point? Are you gone like all week long? No, it was, oh, excuse me. It wasn't yeah. that bad. Okay. I'd say two or three days a week. Okay. So I yeah. typically try to be home on Monday and back Friday. But yeah, I mean, that was continual travel. Yeah. Um, tell me about raising, raising a kid. <laughs> and how long are you guys in Cincinnati for? We, let's see. Is that the longest period of time for that? Actually, that, that was, because we, Adam was born in 83. We got there in like 77. And we. Well, so you were there for six years before Adam was born. Yep. Okay. When I was working for the drum company, that's when I got my master's at uh, Xavier. And, okay. And You're just doing night classes? and Yeah, it took okay. like six and a half years. Uh, but I was doing that. And uh, so that would have been... Is that causing any tension at home with you traveling, working, taking night classes, and Linda's just home with Adam? I, like, oddly... Not that I can recall, or I mean, maybe it was, maybe it was there, but it didn't seem uh, unusual. Okay. Um, and I did a lot of my homework and stuff when I was traveling yeah. at night. So I, yeah. uh, when I was home, I was home and I was spending a lot of time with Adam. We would play with all the figures we were talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'd get home and uh, he'd be right there, and then we'd be playing that stuff. Uh, now let's see, we moved. It was about 43. What would that make it? About 94, 95. Mm-hmm. Um, so well, Adam was almost in junior high by the time you Yeah, was. yeah, yeah. When we moved, he was, I think he was in sixth grade. But I got a job with a company that uh, made coatings and had this opportunity come my way. And it was principally because at one of the conventions, I played golf with the general manager of this plant in Batavia. It's just networking, right? I, I tell you what, that's the way you get most jobs. Yeah. And um, it's it's happened, again, in my career, is through networking. But he calls me on the phone, and he says, uh, hey, you know, anybody looking for a sales job? I had a looking for a sales manager for this uh, coatings division. I said, yeah, me. <laughs> and went over there, uh, interviewed, and got the job. Nice. And um, once again, it was traveling. As I, this was actually, I had the 
whole country. I think I, there were four sales guys that I had and two tech service people. Okay. But, um, yeah, that was it was principally Midwest. So you guys pack up Cincinnati. Move to Batavia, Illinois. Um, yeah, Adam is in sixth grade. And How do you break the news to him? Oh, gosh. You know what? I cannot remember. But I tell you, if there's one of the things that I look back on in my career is I, I'd be interested to see what would have happened if I would have stayed at Wilton. And I say that because I had such a great relationship there yeah. with the owner. And, well, they're and, not still around, are they? Oh, yeah. Are they? Yeah, they oh, are. Uh, they were bought never. by Pillsbury. Then oh, okay. they uh, <laughs> they went, but then they went private again, and I think they're private now. Oh. Um, so anyway, yeah, I don't think Adam was happy, obviously, but you know what? <laughs> well, that's, I mean, that's uh, yeah. 11, 12 years old at this day. Very tough time. The worst. <laughs> Very <laughs> tough time. Um, so we move, and, and then we were just there for two years, and then I got a promotion to move to California. So two years later, we're doing it again. Yeah. Right before high school. Or right uh, at the beginning of high school. No, it was right before. No, no, it would no. have been. Yeah, no, I have to back that up. You're right. Yeah, because cause... we were, he must have been in fifth grade, sixth grade. Okay. Yeah, because we moved again right when he started high school. And, and that's you go when out you to guys California. For but, a well, you go years. to California for two years and then you come to Michigan. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Same is company. That, okay, I was going to say, same company? Uh, but a new position with a new division. Gotcha. When you got your master's back in Cincinnati, right. was that like an automatic promotion? Or did no. that just something else you could add <coughs> on your resume? Excuse me. Uh, yeah, now I did get a bump in pay, and yeah. about a year or so later, um, I was made vice president. So I guess there was no immediate promotion. Remember this very small company? Yeah, yeah. They had a lot of plants, but... Yeah, not not a huge company. But I imagine it was a nice little leverage when you were able to get that new job. Oh, yeah. I'll tell you, the, the fact uh, when I was interviewing with the job in Batavia and they got the resume, they go, whoa, you got a master's. Yeah. The big companies like that. So I, What was your master's in? In marketing. Okay. Yeah, no psychology stuff. Yeah, but psychology and marketing is a nice combo. <clears throat> yeah, I <laughs> think could, so, probably. Can really convince people to buy shit. I would hope so. Psychology yeah. and marketing background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so you're only in Illinois for two years. About a year and a half, yeah. Oh, not even. No, um, right. And then, where is it? Where is it? Redlands? Redlands? Redlands. Redlands. 60 miles east of L.A. Okay. Well, now, didn't you go there? No. Well, I lived in L.A. I never went. Oh, yeah, but wasn't guys. Adam there with you for a, a bit? For like a month or two. Oh, that was it? And he, <laughs> he didn't take you to his, his uh, the old stopping yeah, driving place. 60 miles east of L.A. For nothing. With my old Toyota Camry that barely, uh, barely worked out there. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was Redlands. And it was, um, I was working there probably three, four months before the move. So I think I, st oh, God. <laughs> I remember when I started. Now it was on our twentieth wedding anniversary. Oh, so it was April, happy yeah, April fifth, nineteen ninety five. See, okay. now I can get some clarity to the dates because yeah, Linda, get, get a little closer. Yeah, Linda did not uh, forget that. Yeah. And I spent your twentieth anniversary in, in a plane. Okay. So, so from April, and I think we actually physically moved in July. And at this point, just to check in, everyone's parents are still alive and well. And when you're living in California? 
Well, my dad died when he was 66. I would have been about 33, 34. Adam was probably just over two. Oh, okay. Was so, that sudden or? Yes, it was. What happened there? Heart attack. Okay. Heart attack. In fact, I was... Uh, you were in Cincinnati? And I was, when it happened, I was taking a class. Actually, it was a test because Linda didn't call me until after the test. Um to let me know that my dad had died. So and how did that even work? Did she just, oh, were you, well, you know, in a school? Oh, she. I, I think maybe he had died in the afternoon or late afternoon, but I was already going to go to um, my class. And I think that was probably the, the yeah. right call. Not, um, I mean, what else, what could you do? Uh, nothing, yeah, exactly. exactly. So when I got home, she told me. Okay. And uh, What yeah. is that like? Uh, you just, just a total shock. Well, yeah. you just became a father. Yeah, like, two years now, before. And now your father's yeah. gone all of a sudden. Yeah. That's yeah, got to yeah. be. No. Um, no, I can recall. I was probably drinking scotch at the time. But <laughs> um, my dad loved Judy Garland, so I just played Judy Garland yeah. and mm, drank some scotch. And, yeah, that was a very big shock because it happened so suddenly. Yeah. But always, always, whenever we would visit, I'd always uh, tell my dad I loved them and give them a little kiss. And so I always felt... You know, that there was that connection. It wasn't like I didn't tell him that. Yeah. And he got to meet Adam. Yes, he did. Times. Yes, yeah. he did. That was good. Yeah, in fact, one of my pictures I have hanging up on uh, one of my little bookshelves that I look at is my uh, dad's last time with Adam. Oh, okay. Nice. So, yeah. uh, was he retired at the time, or did was he still working? Because that's a, it's yes, around retirement age. You know age. what? He 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 was, and he only was retired for like two years, Jeez. and then he had that. Yeah, As, yeah I've already uh, lived probably a half year longer than my dad did. It's crazy to think about. Yeah, and I'm not retired yet, so yeah. I'm, I'm working on that. <laughs> but yeah, that's a sign of the times. But that I mean, that's a that's a weird perspective to spend a little time thinking about. Just, and I always like to point that out to people and. It's always seems to be a mind, kind of a mind fucker, <laughs> but just to think about where your parents were at that age. And then if your parents had, are gone. Yeah. Like, so you've already outlived your, your dad. Yes. That's gotta be a weird thing to think about. Oh, and I have thought about that yeah. and it is kind of spooky because yeah. it's like, wow. And, uh, but you are right about the sign of the times. So I'll be, you know, I'm 67 now, probably retire in the next four to six months but yeah you want to try to try to get you you never know when it's going to happen that's crazy and uh you want to make the most of every day what is your and i don't want to get too far off we were talking about but what does your mom do the rest of the uh the rest of the time because she's stay at home right and then he my passes yep um my sister stayed with her and my sister never married so she your sister stayed in chicago the whole time too Yep, she's okay. she's uh, still there. Okay. Still there. So she took care of my mom. They moved to an apartment closer to where my brother was in uh, a neighborhood called Hegwish in south side of Chicago. And then, uh, oh, I don't know the years here, but my mom lived until she was like 88. So okay. my sister, God bless her, took care of my mom the whole time. Wow. And... Uh, yeah, that's. Uh, I'm very grateful for that. Yeah, I bet. There's, yeah, she took care of her. She did all the heavy lifting. And uh, how far? How long ago did your mom pass? 
she passed 2006. Oh, my uh, mom was, uh, if, when I go, I want to kind of go the way my mom did. She got sick and everything started breaking down quickly. So she didn't, um, you know, she wasn't bedridden for yeah. months. In fact, the doctor said uh, it, we're going to send her home because she doesn't have that much time. And uh, it was really, I think, the day that she was brought home, uh, a lot of the family was obviously there visiting, and everybody left. And I was staying with my sister, with my mom. Yeah. And uh, that, uh, yeah, we just went. We were talking, watching TV. Nancy goes in there, checks on mom, and she was gone. So if you're going to go, I, I think that's a good way to yeah. go. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd like to just be healthy, go to sleep one night, and not wake up. <laughs> that would be ideal. She did. She had some suffering, but yeah, it yeah. wasn't a long yeah. type thing. Everything just started breaking down at once. Well, let's. Uh, I'm gonna jump back a little. All right. And go back to California. Yeah. So you're you're there for two years. Correct. And then, do you get? Cause I, I, I were you working at Ramen House when I met you? Yeah. Were, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. Did, is that the job that brought you to Michigan? Correct. Okay. No, it, it's, it all was Morton at the time. Then it went to Roman Haas okay. when I probably, when I met you. Well, you might have still been Morton, but okay. then it, Roman Haas bought him. But yes, so either two. So the same company and they, they just, just want to relocate kept, you? Or? Uh, yeah, okay. that was the situation there. There were five different plants with that Morton Industrial Coatings, and I was running, well, actually I had two of them, one of them in Colton, California, and the other in Dixon which is a very small plant uh, in between Sacramento and San Francisco. And they were, and this is what big companies do all the time, they reorganize and change things. So instead of having uh, general managers at these five facilities, they were going to go to a VP of manufacturing and a VP of sales. I did. I was not going to be either one of those. Yeah. So uh, there's an opportunity to, to be the sales manager for Morton Automotive Coatings. And that's what brought us to Michigan. Yeah, so essentially, I mean, when a company reorgs like that, it's you can take this other job in this other area or you can not have a job anymore, right? That, I mean, <laughs> that's kind of it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is kind of where it's at. Yeah. So, and I mean, actually, it was, a, it was a good position, yeah. but... Um, it's yeah. like when I was with Best Buy, they would do corporate reorganizations all the time, and uh, district people would lose their spots, and and or territory a, people. And, absolutely, yeah. I had a very good friend that just going through that with a buyout with a two different coatings companies. Yeah. So you have two people in the same role, and yeah. uh, you got to find a different role <laughs> or a, a different place. Yeah, such is life. Yep. Um, so then you come to Michigan. Yes. Um, how's Michigan? <laughs> Uh, it's actually, you know, it's the least favorite place that I've lived. <laughs> yeah. Um, love the house, but I love the people. It's like meet great back people. back to the Midwest, right? Yep. So. Back to the Midwest. Uh, devastating to Adam and uh, Linda. Yeah. Because uh, it's like they really. Well, I think Adam said he liked California the best. Oh, absolutely. And Linda <laughs> did too. Yeah. She was, I mean, the weather is spectacular com- compared yeah. to here. You guys have a nice house out there too? And Yeah, we had a yeah. uh Big house there, and swimming pool. Yeah. Um, it was nice. Yeah. It was nice. We had a, I mean, a substantial house here. Oh, in Michigan. Uh, yeah, it was uh, <laughs> ridiculously big. Yeah, 
and uh, a couple acre on a couple acres of the wood. Oh, you guys did paintball down there. Yeah, down in the woods oh, in the yeah. valley. Yeah, <laughs> Halcyon Hollow is what I named that. Okay. <laughs> Any particular reason? <laughs> uh no. I just wanted to. You know, it's, it's like uh, when the the people name houses. Yeah. Uh, I I thought we needed to name it. Okay. Uh, and that was it. So what's uh what's your time in Michigan like and how long you're here for Oh uh the actually <laughs> exactly. So we would have moved here in ninety seven. Does yeah. that sound right? When did you start high school? Yeah, ninety seven. Okay, ninety seven. And then uh, we moved out. Let me get my uh two thousand seven, two thousand nine, <laughs> two thousand ten. So we were here thirteen years. Yeah. Long time. Yeah. Um and you move in 2010. Well, let's let's jump back because what's ha- what's happening in, in what are some bullet points from oh. time in Michigan? Well, in 2007, that was when the and I had been selling coatings to the uh, auto industry yeah. uh, or auto related industry, and in 2007 things were really starting to take a dive. Yeah. So um, I lose my job, and I believe that was January 2007, and uh, I pick up another job in September, but it was like, where that is, one, seven, eight months without a job. So that's very difficult. Very, yeah. diff- they're very difficult. Some of the, these are some of the darkest days Start in my life. tapping into the savings and... Well, with right. that job, they gave a nice settlement because I had been there like 13 years, yeah. and I got two weeks uh, pay for each year I was there. So oh, that nice. that was great. Yeah. So that really helped us through that period. And then I get a job with Red Spot, which is in Evansville, and I started as a regional sales manager. And actually doing I, the same sort of thing I was doing at Roman Haas. Did your, when you came to Michigan, did your travel cut down a lot? Uh, yeah. I feel like you were around a You know what? It it did, because my responsibility was essentially Michigan. Yeah, okay. Uh, Because that was actually, that was our biggest territory. Uh, I mean, it was... All the auto people. Exactly. So (laughs) I had that, and in terms of dollars generated, that was the biggest area. So yes, it did. Because that, and you were, I mean... I, d- I don't know what you did, but I imagine uh, I remember you like entertaining clients. So you would take you take clients out, and that's when you we'd go to the palace to go see concerts and <laughs> exactly, like that. exactly. Okay. Yeah, we had that suite there, so I did a lot of that. No, you're right. The actual overnight travel would have been the least yeah. event. So you're doing sales stuff in kind of the end of an era of the the salesman, right? Like the the take the client out whatever the client wants, and then close the deal. Is you it- know what, Justin, that is a- absolutely true. I see it now because I'm, I'm running the plant in Iowa, and I see I don't see as many sales guys. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, I I don't have not been entertained by any of them. I mean, what's that like? Do you, do you run into the stereotypes? Like, do you see the guys that are like, I want your company to spend a crap ton of money on me at, you know, wherever, the, the strip club or something crazy, oh. and, and then uh, – because no, they I, know they're going to give you your business. And... Uh, yeah, you know what? There was some of that. I mean, I <laughs> I did not operate that way, but <laughs> yeah. if it, the entertainment was a big part of it. Yeah. Uh, I've, I've never run into any of my customers that says, you do this for me and I'll do that. Yeah. But 
you, you needed to entertain in order to continue that relationship. Uh, if you think of all Any the crazy stories from okay late nights in the auto paint industry. Oh, actually, I <laughs> uh, actually I could remember I had a customer's name was Yogi, which is the only Yogi I've ever run only into. Only Yogi I've ever heard of, other uh, than the bear. <laughs> so we well we would go out to a uh, Japanese restaurant. We'd have sakatinis. Probably two or three. Is it sake and vodka? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, we have that for lunch. We'd go back to his plant. Well, we'd stop at like a quick mark and pick up a little, like a little baby uh, keg of beer. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And then we would go play cards in his office drinking beer. So that <laughs> that was one. That's a nice way to spend a day. Oh, yeah. Oh, gosh. And it's the same guy that also just happened to own a tavern somewhere. And I could remember going out bar hopping with him <laughs> and getting in at like two in the morning and then uh, getting up the next day. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> so, oh, anyway, we, we've had quite a, I've had quite a few memories now that you bring that up and some of these yeah. are flooding in. I could recall <laughs> uh, golf outings, taking customers for yeah. a couple days, even skiing, which I didn't actually ski. That, that was a couple interesting uh yeah. events uh but yeah no that uh did a lot of stuff uh went to a super bowl couple yes. all-star games and couple world series so, so you got to do some cool stuff there actually i did yeah. uh, i look back at it and that's kind of cool yeah. um yeah I, in, in fact I, I can remember going to the st louis kansas city world series in kansas city at the time this was the drum company okay and they had a uh, company plane, small plane, and took you know, like six guys uh, over. Maybe it was four guys. Anyway, so we fly over, see the game, fly back, and I think all, we pick, all in the name of schmoozing. Oh yeah, yeah, and <laughs> nice. pick up a uh, a pint of something, and which actually was a blessing because the weather was horrible in this small plane. We had flown out of uh, I can't think of the small airport in Cincinnati. Before they built the one in Covington. Um, So they actually diverted us from flying into that small airport to CVG and then had to take a cab back to the other airport. And that was one where I probably didn't get in until 3 or 4 in the morning. And that was also at the time when you you drove when you shouldn't. Yeah. And uh, it was through the grace of God that... uh, You know, that's a funny thing, and I don't want to branch off too much here, but... It's a weird cultural shift. Your generation, uh, and I, I only bring it up because you pointed it out, but it was uh, my parents' generation, your generation, like, would drive under the influence quite frequently, and, and police would, if they did pull you over, they'd just be like, you know, well, get home safe. <laughs> like, don't, don't do it again. Get home safe. And now it's, uh, I mean, I think rightfully so. Now it's pretty fiercely punished and i totally uh, agree with that absolutely should be but it's it's yeah. strange how normalized it was for so many years decades <laughs> a- absolutely and growing up that's the truth and yeah. that was a that was a good thing that that stopped yeah well and and drinking and driving uh i i will branch off for too long but uh it's funny to think about and it, this isn't a justification of it but driving is only about 100 years old you know like right. cars we're not around. So uh, getting to the point where understanding what 
being drunk and behind the wheel even did took a number of years, let alone like the impact that it would have and, you know, getting the internet and really seeing global numbers and <laughs> no, absolutely. So it's, it's an interesting subject to dig deeper into, but I'm not going to right now. Okay. <laughs> so 2007, you lose your job. You, yes. You get six months of severance. Correct. And, and then, then uh, hook up with Red Spot and started as a regional sales manager there. Is it quite a paid gap Actually, from what you were getting not before? horrible. Okay. It's probably a 10% drop. Oh, not terrible. No, All no. Things considered. And I was Southern Regional Manager, and I was hired with the uh, uh, understanding that I would move down south. Okay. In fact, uh, looked at some houses in Nashville because Evansville is where it's located, and Nashville is probably an hour and a half from there. Evansville, Indiana. Indiana? Correct. And I think it was, so I started that in September, and in June, the Midwest regional manager uh, took another job. And I was promoted at that time to U.S. sales manager. I basically took both regions. So things were going really good there. The yeah. the uh, I love the uh, owner. It was Charlie Storms, Christian guy. Loved them. Uh, my boss, I liked the all the people that interviewed me. He had the vice president of manufacturing and of R and D were all involved in this process. So I get the job, get promoted. Um, that happened. Is the promotion? Holy cow, that probably happened within four months. It just so happens, you know, with the timing. Yeah. Um, and the market was still not good either in, yeah. in automotive. That was still on the downhill This is like 2009, 2010? Exactly. Yeah. It was 2009. Because okay. I started uh, September of 07, yeah. and in January of 09, they have a downsizing, and I was part of that. So I'm on the street. This time... It, Two weeks yeah. out the door. Uh, no six months severance. No, 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 no. Yeah. So now it's you're nibbling into your savings and stuff. And so this this is where I got a job with EXO and uh, your connections or knowing somebody yeah. is uh, one of the guys that uh, used to work for me had a job there and he was looking for like uh, somebody in the marketing area. And I interviewed there and got that job, but that would have been like in September. So I'd have been, no, no, that would have been May. Okay. So I was out for about five months. What's that like? Uh, that was fine. I mean, yeah. that was a sizable cut in pay, but I was working. Well, what's been, being out for five months? Oh, horrible. <laughs> it, no, it's, it's horrible. I when mean, do you it, guys ultimately decide, like, we have to sell this house? I think we had we tried then. Okay. You know, in between that period, we didn't have any luck because yeah. the, the lousy. Oh, oh, is that like <laughs> it's great worse? Yeah. <laughs> Absolute worse. Yeah. So, so I get a job. So it's like, okay, we got a job. We're gonna just you know try to write it out. Yeah. Well, once again, in uh, typical big company, EXO is like the world's biggest coatings manufacturer in the world. Um, they had probably three different areas where they were all involved in automotive, but everybody had their own people. In this reorg, same sort of thing. It's we're going to merge these so we 
you know, can save money. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I was out the door again. So you should really just have gone into business analytics because then you, you keep finding uh, these companies. There. Honestly. <laughs> so, uh, but that was a tough one. Yeah. Because I'd probably been there only a year. You didn't get anything, but they were really nice and, and were accommodating. They tried to get, find me an opportunity within AXO and other places just it just didn't materialize but they were really good so didn't get any money but um in terms of how they treated me uh, yeah really well so that was probably the deepest and darkest there you you like three jobs in four years yeah that's when we i mean what is that like after i mean i don't know if i would use the term like company man but you were you had you stayed with these companies for long times your entire life you're pretty stable job you've got your masters you got your and then you just hit this block where and i imagine this is happening all over the country because of the oh yeah the entire economy right absolutely what is that like trying to you know scramble this resume together and and use all these contacts you've made over the years to find the next thing and then the next thing falls through like where's your head at at that point it's very really deep down I've never been lower than that part, but fortunately, I have a very strong faith in God, so yeah. I'm able to, you know, maintain sanity yeah. through uh, through that. But no, that was really dark times for me, and for Linda, yeah. and um, that yeah. put a hamper on your marriage at the time. You know what? I would actually say it went the opposite way. Brought you closer together. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And this was was this at the same time Linda's father passed. Was that or am I got my timelines wrong there? I'm trying to think. Oh of my it. goodness! Do you know what? I think you might be right. It would have been in one of these job losses. Yeah. I can't recall when. Just add insult to injury. There. Right. Yeah. Right. I can't remember the timing then. But yeah, that was a very very tough time, and that's, that's when we decided we got to sell this house. Yeah. And that was another just uh, problem. Well, I imagine too. I mean, that's the first time you have to tell yourself like you're officially living beyond your means at this point, yeah. right? Uh, yeah. Now we fortunately had enough. You know, we, we weren't going to be, you know, thrown out on the street because yeah. we had enough savings. But you're things. still dipping into your savings. Oh right, and it's just clearly. And at that point, you know, Adam, I don't even know if he was around the house at that time. Yeah. Or, was she still working? Was Linda still working? Because she did she some stuff was, at the school. She was doing. And, uh, well, yeah, she did work at the school for a while. And then she worked at Kids Corner, which was oh, like yeah. uh, you know, a kid place. Kid place. <laughs> and then she also did some uh, private in-home daycare. So she always stayed in okay. in that. So she's still working. Um, but, yeah, those were tough times. We decided to sell the house. We actually, and that was, as you indicated, the, the absolute bottom of the housing market. Yeah. So we find a buyer. And they're interested, and I think we actually had it set up where we would have made 12000 after setting on the house for 14 years. But we put, as you, yeah. we put a ton of money into that yeah. house. Um, the appraisal comes in. It's like twelve grand under. Of course. And then um, that was a set price, so it's all right. That's not bad. And then the bank wouldn't give the loan for that amount. They, they wanted to knock another 10 off. Jeez. Um, so that kind of just stopped the sales because the buyers didn't know what they wanted to do. So yeah. that that was probably the most depressing part right then. It's still not employed. 
can't get the house sold. We had uh, issue, well, my gosh, I think they saw ants under that hot tub. That had to be addressed. Um, I forgot about that. And, uh, you know, the you bidet. The master, that, you're saying? Yeah. yeah, yeah. And the, the bidet there, which we never used. <laughs> So they appraised. Sure, you did. <laughs> no, actually, we didn't use that one. I've used them at some hotels yeah. with the great comfort and joy. Um, I think the the guy that was appraising it turns it on, and we weren't there. We were at uh, Henry Ford Museum with my uh, nephew. Yeah, and uh, apparently it hadn't been used, so the seal had dried up, so it leaks all the way down to the basement. So that was another. Uh, situation with itself and it was yeah. one thing one thing after another and then uh oh i guess there was probably a couple month delay and this couple is looking at other stuff yeah. but they come back probably i'm guessing july or august and uh make an offer it was still less than we paid for it um but it finally yeah, I think we uh, we closed like in September, but this is another one of those things where it's, for for me it's like it's a god thing. Um, Linda's mom is living in Iowa, and we actually own that house because we uh, we bought it to help her out of some financial problems. Mm-hmm. So we actually own the house, and the family was going to move her to a uh, it wasn't assisted living, but it's uh, I can't think what they call it retirement home yeah uh, okay let's do that so it's in was in oklahoma and linda has a sister there and uh we have nieces and nephews so there was family close and this was really a nice place and much uh, more affordable than any other state because even those are those are expensive too they they are but the the deal there was really reasonable so the family made that move and it was like everything just came together and it's like all right we just sold this house we're moving to iowa it's kind of like take the over the house you already own correct okay correct. when did you buy out that house oh see we moved there in 2000 i bet you six years before so like oh, okay. 2004 okay 2005 nice. something like that so that's i mean that's a nice fallback plan there oh and and what the plan was because i didn't have a job but it's like you know in uh today's market um you know you're applying online and you don't need to be in the city that you're at and we we were gonna be we'd go wherever i can find a job yeah um so yeah that was fine it's like we didn't need to be in michigan for me to find a job yeah so we sold the house, put most of the stuff in storage because well, you remember the size of that house? Yeah. It's like thirty five hundred square feet with the basement. Gigantic. And uh we put like ninety percent of the well, we sold a ton of stuff, just trying to downsize. Because yeah. the house we're in now is like eight hundred and sixty square feet. Yeah. So a lot different. Um so we put all of that stuff in storage and then we head out to Iowa and uh start there. We're actually borrowing furniture and stuff from people because we didn't bring a whole lot. We yeah. just brought whatever we can put in our cars. Um, and it was about, <clears throat> excuse me, um, three weeks later, I get a call from one of my customers from Michigan. Nice. He's got a plant in Iowa, and he says, hey, I, I can use your help. Um, they had just started a second shift and uh, needed some management help. So I started as a consultant. It was September 27th, 2010, and I've been there ever since. And that's uh, 
Michelle's pregnant with your granddaughter at that point, right? I think so. No, and you yeah. know what? I had to take off, because that would have been September 27, 2010, and they were married like October 16th, I think, or something like that. So a couple, October, yeah. Yeah, a couple weeks later. So, yeah, I actually had to take off a few days just <laughs> into it for two weeks. Then it was the next year that uh, we got our, uh, our little doll. Uh, um, so that, was, that worked out great. Now, this is another one of those things. I don't know if this was the right decision, but we have family there in Iowa where that yeah. house is, and we have we knew people because her folks lived there for 20-plus years, so we knew a lot of people. And um, I decided I would just commute. I would drive to, as about three-hour drive yeah. to Davenport, stay in a little 1950-style uh, hotel, the Winster, and then I'd come home on the weekends. But I've been doing that for like nine years, so... This is the, yeah, this is the most time where we've been away, or I've been away. Yeah. Uh, even with all the traveling I've done. It's so you're never only been, home on weekends. That's it. And, uh, yeah, so I'm ready to. And, I mean, that's just, the hotel, I imagine, is just an extra expense. Oh, yeah. But they just know you by name. <laughs> oh, my gosh, absolutely. I got the Iowa suite there. Huh. It's, uh, but, yeah, I mean, I often wonder, maybe should we have moved there? But I don't know. I really like it in this little town of 230 people. And uh, now you're yeah. only a few months away from retirement? That's it. Not Congrats. exactly sure how many uh, months, but uh, <laughs> it. Uh, I will be retiring sometime next year. Yeah. Well, congrats on that. Thank you. <laughs> um, so now that we're caught up. Yes. <laughs> uh, other than, and you've mentioned it a number of times, so I think uh, you, your faith is something that, has gotten you through a lot of things oh positively yes which is i was going to ask this too earlier you were you raised catholic then oh yeah and yeah. Uh, what is linda's father a minister or was he, he a was the reformed church of america and uh, so was protestant sounds that, like a cult no. <laughs> uh, no 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 uh so what is what does the protestant minister think of uh his daughter Marrying a Catholic guy. He was actually okay with it. Okay. And my dad was okay with marrying the uh, Protestant. Yeah. The two mothers, not so much. <laughs> yeah, they had a hard time with well, that. That's a funny thing to me. Uh, I mean, I'm not I'm not really a religious person, but I know the there's so many different sects of Christianity. Yes. It, it's, it's funny how, how much people are at ends with each other just within that, let alone all the other religions. That's very strange to me. I uh, and you know what I would agree. It's it's like you you know the if you're a Christian, it should just be your relationship with Jesus and yeah. and not all these they, they get involved in so many just not important things. Well, it's just uh, a bunch of people's different interpretation of the same book. Exactly, <laughs> uh, precisely, and totally agree with to it. Me. It's just and it's actually strange to me yeah. as well. So but, hey. If people can hate Star Wars and love Star Wars, I guess it's the same. <laughs> it actually it is, but it's yeah, it but, seems uh, it seems crazy. Yeah. Um, other than other than religion, what uh, what are some of the things that over the course of your your life that kind of you've learned that you could advice to impart or, or wisdom or or I oh. did this, please don't make the same mistake or anything. Well, you know what? I was huge. Uh, for a long time into self-help books yeah. and um, tapes. Uh, this would have been cassettes back then. Yeah. Uh, the ones you open it up and there's like 10 of them? And you... Correct. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> My huge, huge into that. So I, uh, I, I think the first 
self-help book was Seeds of Greatness by Dennis Waitley. Okay. It's an oldie. Uh, but I, I think one of the most impactful books I read was Tony Robbins' Awaken the Giant Within. And I would actually, I think, yeah. I think that still holds true. I mean, even now, and that might have been 20-some years ago. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I was just really into that. Um and I think that kind of stuff is helpful, not only when yeah, you have your absolutely. your uh, your faith and your religion, but you also have all of these positive things um, entering you. Because it's, uh, yeah, I mean, that got me through all that stuff. There's no therapy, no psychologist or psychi- psych- you know, psychiatrist. Uh, it was all that stuff. Yeah, and that's, uh, I don't know, I don't know if I subscribe to the term self-help just i feel like it's evolved uh to some degree mm-hmm. um like i've i've read a lot of autobiographies where people have very candidly discussed their struggles whether that be um you know addiction or uh, their upbringing whatever it is right um, and those have been super helpful um hearing about people's like how stories how they've overcome uh one of the things that I was kind of excited to stop drinking because all these people that all you find out all these people that you're inspired by are sober mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, they weren't always that way. And sometimes like, uh, it's funny that if you look it up, like some of the most successful people in Hollywood, for instance, don't drink. Um, cause sometimes it's hard to get up early. <laughs> oh, that's ex- absolutely um, true. And, so I, 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 my point of this is I completely agree. Like some of the, the books and stuff, it helps. I think not only helps to ask yourself questions about yourself, like maybe what are your goals, your purposes, that sort of thing. Um, but also address maybe some of your shortcomings. Um, just talking about self-help stuff, you know? So I think that's something people could definitely take away from. There's a book I actually gave to, your son and daughter-in-law for Christmas the other day. I saw it on the <laughs> uh, uh, table. Yeah, I recommend that one if you're still reading stuff. I will take a... Well, i tell you what I do now is I, I like to read history, but I, I uh-huh. tend towards historical novels because they're much easier to read. Yeah. History books, but easy to read. I guess it's kind of like with, with, when you read autobiographies. Yeah. A lot to learn from people's struggles, a lot to learn about... Uh, you know, na- our nation's history and how we evolved and yeah uh yeah and or and even european I, I read a number of those what do you do uh, on the drives what drives driving back and forth your three-hour drives oh my gosh you know what i guess now that i'm this age i'm, I'm beyond all those tapes and stuff yeah i listen to sports talk okay i used to listen to uh Rush Limbaugh and that kind of stuff. That's and it's too like, bad. I, well, I just, I just get, I got too irritated. And it's like yeah. that. That's so did stuck. the rest of the world. Oh no, not um. true. But so now I just listen to, I listen to sports talk. Yeah. Because I, I like sports, but I'm not into it, and I, I really don't care when it all comes down to it, who wins or, well, it's or funny. who loses. I just uh, there's there's an irony there because my time driving around Iowa for hours uh-huh. and hours at a time just for work. That's what got me into audiobooks and podcasts oh really because <laughs> you're in the car for so long uh i used to knock out three four books every travel season <laughs> oh yeah and i've done that a couple times with those yeah. uh the books but most of mine have always been self-help when i did the cassette thing right. 
So I probably should get into the book thing. Any other uh, words of wisdom, pieces of advice, things you've learned over the years? Oh, my gosh. I will tell you this. With age comes wisdom. Um, And I try to impart some of that to to Adam and Michelle. I don't think they always (laughs) listen. But you do get wiser. And I think part of it is because you've experienced all kinds of stuff. And what, what other people are experiencing, we've been through similar things and yeah yeah you you'll make it through yeah i think that's the big takeaway right oh yeah you'll make it absolutely tomorrow will come yeah but you know what you have to have that support group for for us we've we've always had a great support group yeah uh within churches and or just friends and family and so you do need that um i think I, i don't have anything else did i miss anything you wanted to talk about oh my gosh i don't think so uh no, it was good. It was ran just, the gambit there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you well, for it, doing this. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. <laughs> Recapping your life. Yeah. All right, you just listened to episode twenty-four, my interview with my friend Don, who is my friend's father. We are Facebook friends, though. Uh, me, me, and Don go way back. He's he's a funny character, and. Uh, I really enjoyed sitting down with him, but you know, something happened there at the end that I wanted to point out. And I think it's important because there's, a, there's a huge lesson to be learned here. And hopefully you're still listening to this because this was a, a good takeaway, but he mentioned something about Rush Limbaugh or something. So I, I have, uh, I have very full knowledge of the different political beliefs that me and Don have. But because he's my friend's dad, like, I can just kind of excuse that. Like, I don't agree with what he thinks about, but he's like, he's my buddy's dad. Like, we're not going to sit there and have political debates typically. And if we do, they're going to be like somewhat friendly. And when my wife's involved, it's even better because she's way smarter than me. But the point is, with a lot of other people, that can be an incredibly divisive situation. But because I know him at the level that I know him, politics is just like one piece of who he is and I don't need to cut off that relationship because of it. And I think that's a huge takeaway that actually kind of surprised me too, but that's uh, something to think about in these divisive times is, you know, the better, you know, people, the easier it is to separate them as a person from what side of the ticket they vote on. That's all the political rant you'll get from me. Uh, thank you guys so much. I, I did take this week for off some social media, but I was definitely still checking the Apple Podcast app and looking at those ratings and reviews, and I want to thank you for that. I can't wait to get on to Facebook again and see what people have been saying. So many good things have been covered. Um, God, I, last week's episode was a real raw, open look at you know some pretty brutal things like alcoholism and suicide and i'm curious to see what the feedback on that was you guys i really missed social media you know a podcast based around me interviewing friends on facebook you don't realize how often you're on facebook until you're not on it if you guys don't know what i'm talking about i highly recommend taking a little digital cleanse shut off social media for a week and Uh, Maybe even if you're a gossip person, you like to follow like e-news or something. Technically, you shouldn't be doing that for that same week. Really just like getting away from everything. The only rule I cheated on, I'm just rambling, I'm sorry. But the only rule I cheated on was uh, texting. The original digital cleanse 
pioneered by John Mayer in 2009 that I follow uh, and have done like once a month or once a week every year at the beginning of the year for the last like 10 years um, is no texting. But you know, as we've evolved technologically, I don't think that's possible. Like even my doctors text me, uh, reply yes, that you're confirming your appointment. I can't call them and confirm. They'd be like, why didn't you just reply to the text? All right. <laughs> I will talk to you guys next week. Thank you so much. Once again, uh, recommend the podcast to a friend. I love you. Please go online and leave a review or a rating on Facebook or Apple Podcasts or both. If you're finishing this episode right now and you're going to go switch to another podcast anyway, you're already going to be in the app. Just hit those stars. Hit the five star rating, please. Uh, we love it. I love it. Thank you so much. I will talk to you guys next week.